Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today is another episode of Craving More. So hello and thank you to all my subscribers. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Welcome to my new subscribers. Thank you for subscribing. Um, So today I'm going to be doing a review on a podcast I haven't done in a while. It's Jenny Hutt's Weight Wednesday. Uh, But first, a couple of my segments and personal updates. So let me just jump right into my mental health check-in. So today, uh, well, this week has been pretty good. I mentioned on my last podcast that I had, uh, I had been, you know, had a really anxious week the week before. And so This weekend, after I taped that last podcast, going into this week, I really wanted to drink less, take less Adderall, and just try to have a less anxious week, which I did. Uh, I didn't really drink much last week. I only had like two drinks total. I just had one on Thursday, one on Friday, and then I really didn't do any Adderall this week. So, So that was good. So my anxiety was definitely better. Uh, the anxious kind of call that I was supposed to have this week got pushed. Um, But uh, yeah, so I just had like one glass of wine last Thursday uh, when I was having dinner at Flower Child, and then I had a beer on Friday. Uh, And so, so yeah, so this week has been pretty good as far as a mental health check-in. It was a pretty healthy week. I didn't really... um, you know, I, I ate really healthy, ate very well balanced. I really lightened it up this week. So feeling pretty good. So that's my mental health check-in. I hope all of you have good mental health and have had good mental health this week. Now I wanted to get into a segment called uh, anti-aging antics. <laughs> so anything that I do specifically for anti-aging, uh, I will definitely mention it in this podcast. So this, I actually just got back from an appointment that I had made for a while. It was with my beauty injector, and she's that trainer for Allergan. So if you remember back, I was planning on getting the eye bright treatment from Dr. Kasabian and planning a trip to LA and it was going to be like four grand. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like make this investment. I've been wanting this treatment forever. Um, But you know, I'm very frugal. And I was like, do I even do I want to drive all the way to LA? Do I want to spend $4,000 on this procedure? I mean, I'm back in a in a in a stronger financial place than I than I was, but I'm still like not in a, I'm not like you know Kylie Jenner where I can afford these celebrity doctors at this point. And and my beauty injector is expensive enough. I mean, she's a trainer for Allergan, so so I was like, let me just go to her, and then maybe what I can do is instead of paying four grand on one treatment. I can spend that much, but do like my entire face and everything I want to do. And by the way, just side note, I know it's totally gauche and inappropriate to talk about money and what I spend on things, but 
I like to talk about those things. I wish more people would. I know it's totally inappropriate and tacky to like ask what things cost and talk about what things cost, but I always want to know. And so I'm going to share it openly on this podcast just because I would want to know if people were talking about it. And so I'm going to share it here. Um, So anyway, so I just went and what I was very clear that I wanted to do with her is I wanted to do my temples and I wanted to do my eye troughs because I've been just looking haggard. And in my opinion, my eyes are where I show my age the most. But again, like as I get, you know, later into my 40s, I'm noticing like some sagging in my jowl area. Like I've always had a really strong jawline. And again, as you as you age, like it starts to kind of like the jowl area especially starts starts to sag a little bit. And so so I I was like I def and I wanted what I wanted to do was definitely get the eye troughs and the temples but then get her opinion on that skin pen treatment that I had been talking about forever. And so so I I went in and she ended up doing a little bit on the temples but every time I go in for my tear troughs now she has done my tear troughs before but typically they try to just talk me into doing my cheeks instead because I lose a lot of fat and volume in the cheek area and that ends up bringing out the fat pads under my eyes and just making me look really tired so she ended up doing two syringes and doing my cheeks which is what she wanted to do and I'm like okay I mean I trust this lady so when she's pointing the and I'm telling her I want my tear troughs and she's like well this is what I see when you smile like this is completely flat this and this is going to lift all this stuff and 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 create less sagging down here so I trusted her and I was like okay let's just do that then so she she did the cheeks and she did the temples and so I'm I mean I'm happy with I, I definitely look more balanced and I look I definitely look less tired but I still have under eye like these sunken under eye things that I I need to figure out what I want to do about that I mean I could go back for more I mean just those two syringes were 1600 and then what I wanted to do is I, I was like okay what do you think for my jowl area, cheek area, and my neck. And so what she was talking about, she did think the skin pen treatment would be a decent option. She was like, you could do it with Sculptra, or you could do it with the PRP, which is like that vampire facial where they basically like inject, you know, uh, take some of your blood. And then you know, some people just, I think on the Kardashians, when I saw it, they just like did the the microneedling and then just kind of painted almost the, the your own blood platelets like on your face. But what Jen said she does uh, is she they actually, they actually inject the PRP, which sounded much better. She's like, that will get you a much better result. She's And she was actually talking about doing all three, like the microneedling, the PRP and the Sculptra. And so I was like, okay, well, how much does all this cost? And it was insanely expensive. And, and you know, I sometimes think in my head like, oh, I want to do this stuff. And I think this is what's going to work for me. But I'm not always right. Like, right. Like, remember when I was talking about getting cool sculpting for like my legs and then I heard about that woman that had that really bad result. And, and by the way, cool sculpting would not be what I needed to treat my legs. So I get these ideas based on, you know, some of the marketing that these pharmaceutical companies do for these beauty products. And what I need to do is just slow down, do more research. So Jen was telling me, the beauty injector, that 
the skin pen with Sculptra would help some of the crepiness that I'm seeing start to happen in my neck. And she's like, it's not going to help the deep lines that you have, but she's like, it'll definitely like thicken the the skin and, you know, and, and really that's what I feel like I kind of need, but I was totally off on the price. Like I thought the skin pen with the sculpture would just be 300 per area. And so thinking about that, I'm like, okay, I need to get it like at least three times this year because they want you to do it like every quarter. And, but I, I usually, when they want you to do it every quarter, I'm like, okay, I could do, do like four months and do it three times instead of four times. And, but, you know, I, I was thinking, okay, like 300 plus 300, so like $600 and I'll do that like two or three times this year, but that's not how much it's going to cost. What I found out today is that just the skin pen treatment without the sculpture is 300 but then you have to add on the sculpture which is 750 a vial and she's like you'll need two vials for that entire area so i'm looking at a at a price of 1750 to treat the lower kind of jawline and lower cheeks jowls and the neck which is a large area treatment and it's it's everything that i'm not really treating right now cuz really everything that I'm treating right now is from the eyes above, you know, I'm treating like the curl lines and the, you know, the wrinkles and all that stuff. But I need something for the jowl, like lower cheek down. And I'm just deciding like, when do I want to start really investing? I mean, I've already started investing with like the Botox. She was mentioning some sort of like radiotherapy stuff. I'm like, no, I've I've spent some money, a, a lot of money on this ultrasound type of thing back when I was in my 20s, I was so stupid. What a waste of money. Anyway, so I'm like, I don't want that. I, you know, I, I like the idea of sculpture, but I have to wrap my mind around spending $17.50. And I'd have to do that like at least twice, like two, at least two times. Like I think she wants me to do it like three times in the year, which is a lot. It's, it's just way more than I was planning on spending. But the fact that I was going to spend the four grand on just the eye bright treatment, you know, really I could get at least one of those Sculptra skin pen treatments for that entire area and still be under what I was going to spend at Dr. Kasabian. So technically I could really do it twice for around the same investment and get my entire problem areas or at least well, not problem areas, but areas that I would like to, you know, you know, add some youthfulness to some collagen. Uh, so anyway, I'm deciding. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I probably will at some point. I just don't know if like right now is the time. But um, but eventually I will. So so and then <clears throat> the other thing that I've been doing is so remember when I talked about that Memorial Day party that I had and I bought that like all those avocados that. Um, were too unripe to use at the party. So <laughs> so that day, like when I was trying to get them ripe, I like put them out in the sun. And so, <laughs> so like half the avocado is like brown. The ones that were in the sun were are like brown. And then half of them are like still like hard, like not ripe. And so I've been trying to use these stupid avocados because I did do a little bit of research on avocado and avocados are proven to increase elasticity and firmness in the facial skin of women. And so I, so I knew, and that's, that's why that smoothie that I have every morning, I've always 
felt like it really helps me with anti-aging because I'm so consistent with it. Um, and I knew I'd use all these avocados. So, but these avocados are such a pain in the ass. Like trying to get the meat out of this avocado that's like half rotten and half like not quite ripe. Oh my God. I'm like literally taking a knife and having to like peel off the outside. It's, it's a disaster, but I hate waste. So I'm using them. Anyway, I just posted a picture on my Instagram of I put three of those avocados into my shake yesterday. It it did not taste good. Uh, and I mean, it was like a million calorie shake because it had so many avocados in it. So it kept me really full all day and it had a ridiculous amount of good fat for my skin. Um, but, you know, didn't taste that good. But at least they're not going to waste. So I guess that's a positive thing. So anyway, those are the things that I've done for anti-aging this week, along with you know, staying out of the sun and using my sunscreen and all those other things that I do on a consistent basis, which are so, so, so important. But anyway, that's my anti-aging antics section. Okay, now let's get into my diet culture media moments. So this week I was listening to the Heather McDonald Juicy Scoop show, which I'm obsessed with. And she's hilarious. She was talking about how if Chris Christie runs for office, he should go on Ozempic. She's like, why not? She's like, he needs it. I think actually Chris Christie has had weight loss surgery and it didn't work for him. I think he I think he did lose weight, but I think he gained the weight back. Uh, for those of you that don't know who Chris Christie is, he was the governor of New Jersey. He was a Trump supporter and just not a great human being, in my opinion. Uh, I have some pretty strong opinions about Chris Christie, but uh, that's why one of the reasons I thought it was so funny that Heather McDonald was mentioning it. She was also mentioning, she's like, she's like, I think Almond Moms, she's like, are secretly shooting people up with Ozempic. She's like, I just saw a mom on TikTok who's talking about putting her 12-year-old daughter on like a semaglutide like Ozempic. And she's like, this is going to cause so much backlash. It's, And I I actually don't know if, I think that's a serious TikTok. Like, I think there was actually a mother who was planning on putting her child, a 12-year-old, on Ozempic. So anyway, I just thought that that was kind of interesting and mentionable. <clears throat> My last one is in Hong Kong, a social media influencer who is trying to lose more than half her body weight as an inspiration to her followers has reportedly died while attending an intensive weight loss boot camp in northwestern China, fueling a debate over how to regulate the influencer industry. So that is very extreme. I actually don't know how she died. But, um, you know, you see these influencers doing so many stupid things. Like you see influencers falling over hotel balconies and falling off cliffs trying to take pictures of themselves. Um, you know, this I heard about this guy, I think it was like in Austria or something, who faked his own death and flew in on a helicopter to his own funeral uh, for content. I mean, it's it's pretty insane what's happening out there. And then, of course, some some end in tragedy. So and, you know, China has some pretty extreme things. I mean, China was I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there was this like race, this some sort of like marathon or, you know, running challenge that they did up in the mountains. And 
like they didn't check the weather apparently or prepare people for inclement weather or prepare for stations to help people during this weather. And like half of the runners died because this storm moved in and people froze to death. People got hypothermia. I mean, it just doesn't sound like there's a lot of like, um, you know, awareness of what's going to hurt citizens in China. But anyway, that's just my opinion. So anyway, that was my diet culture media moment. And now for my favorite segment, my tasty treats of the week. Okay, so last week I talked about how I had continued the ice cream trend and was not feeling great going into the weekend. Um, And so, you know, that Thursday, which I, I taped that podcast on that Thursday, and then left and and went to, you know, like I said, I usually Monday through Thursday, I'm super lean. And then starting on Thursday night, I usually have something more indulgent. And the weekends, I like to really treat myself with deliciousness, some balance, right? I like to work out and have maybe a healthy morning, but you know, eat really indulgently over the weekend. So because that, you know, I had continued to indulge last week with a lot of ice cream and jimmies and stuff like that, I just I was just feeling like on the heavier side, like I like to fluctuate within five pounds. Like I'm usually between like 128 and 133. And and when I start to get over the 133, I'm like, I start to feel just a little bit on, I mean, I don't mind as long as I'm in like the 30s. I I don't mind fluctuating there. When I start to get above that, I start to really want to like, you know, watch what I'm eating a little bit more. But, um, but anyway, like my, my comfortable fluctuating point where there's water weight and whatever is like 133. When I start to get above that, it's because I've been over, overindulging, really. And so I usually when I am heading to the weekend, I'm at the lower point. And then, you know, because I eat really indulgently over the weekend, I'm usually at that higher point. But going into the weekend, I was at my high point. And so I knew like if I have the same type of weekend that I normally do, I'm going to gain a few pounds this weekend. And so I consciously was like, I don't really feel like having to battle back down or, you know, be you know a little bit more restrictive next week. So I was like, let me like not buy ice cream and jimmies again this weekend. Let me not get all the pastries and cakes I usually get on the weekends. Let me just... Let me eat what I have in my house. And, but I, you know, I also wanted to get some stuff out. So I did go to Flower Child and I posted this on my Instagram. I had a glass of wine and I had this ginger miso crunch salad that I had seen on the menu that I was really curious to try. So I ordered that. And then I also ordered this smoky harissa, this smoky, sorry, this Mediterranean bowl that had quinoa rice, smoky harissa dressing, charred veggies, chicken, and a lemony garlic sauce. Okay. Now, the ginger miso crunch salad, ugh, oh my God, it was so delicious. I love a miso dressing. Like a ginger miso dressing is probably my favorite dressing of, one of my favorite dressings of all time. If 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 you if you've ever been to like a hibachi restaurant like Benihana's the one I know really well because I used to live in LA I I think they're all over the country I'm not sure but um they have a, a miso I don't know if it's ginger miso I think it is ginger miso dressing that dressing is the one I'm talking about so Trader Joe's has a really good one it's the carrot miso dressing that's addictive as well. 
And then this was that same kind. I got to learn how to make this dressing. I'm going to look it up. Maybe I'll try to figure it out this weekend. But, um, oh, my God, like the the vegetables and the crunch and it had some nuts in it. And, oh, it was so – I couldn't get enough of that. I was like each bite was just crunchy and the textures. It had like shredded carrots and shredded cabbage. And um, I didn't get any uh, – I didn't get any chicken or any protein in it. I already had nuts in it. And that's, I also got a, a chicken bowl besides that. I mean, all I all I really needed, I mean, I was starving when I went. So I ordered both. I knew I probably wouldn't eat the chicken bowl, but I was like, oh, I'll just bring the chicken bowl home because I, you know, I love leftovers. So I finished the ginger miso dressing salad, <laughs> ginger miso crunch salad. I knew that wouldn't hold up, of course, because it had the dressing on it. So I thoroughly enjoyed this salad. And it was it was amazing. I had my podcast on. I was listening to my headphones. I was eating alone. Uh, my boyfriend was out with his friends, and I just you know was just having a nice dinner by myself, sipping on my wine, listening to my podcast, eating my ginger miso crunch salad. Mm, so good. And so I finished that, and then I turned to the Mediterranean bowl. Now I had high hopes for this. And I did just post a picture of it on my Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast if you'd like to follow me. Uh, and I don't know. It, it wasn't, there was something off about it. And I think it might have been that smoky harissa dressing or potentially the lemony garlic sauce because it was kind of like a white sauce. And, you know, I don't really like white sauces. But, um, but I, you know, I wanted to trust their combination. So I didn't ask for anything different than the way that it came. And so I took a couple bites. It was like, eh, I don't know what it is. There's this smell and this flavoring that was in this food that when I, I took it home and when I went to eat it later, it was, a, it was a huge turnoff. It almost smelled like rot, like something was rotting in it. But I think it was just one of the one of the spices or seasonings or something. I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, I still ate it. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I never like to let things go to waste. If it's not terrible, I'll probably eat it. But um, but yeah, it wasn't. It definitely was a little bit disappointing, especially after that delicious salad. So, and very rarely are the salads better than the bowls. But anyway, so those were those were the ginger miso crunch salad was definitely the highlight. And then now the other thing that I had kind of talked about that I was proud of last week was that I wasn't like binging on sweets. You know, I wasn't like eating till I was sick. Well, so after I had gotten, well, actually before I had gotten uh, that dinner, I'd gone shopping and I had purchased a box of baklava. And these are like prepackaged little baklavas. I, they must have a million preservatives in them because, you know, they're staying good in this package. But um, I love baklava. I really love it. And I ate the entire box. <laughs> the entire box. I think there were probably five pieces inside. And I don't know. I just kept eating. It was delicious. I kept eating it and eating it and eating it. And past the point, I mean, I wasn't hungry, obviously, it tasted good and I just wanted to keep eating. So I did. And, you know, the next morning I'm feeling like shit. I'm like, Ugh, why did I eat that entire box of baklava? And so so that's why I really like the rest of the weekend. I'm like, I'm not buying ice cream. I'm not buying all this stuff. I just I don't want to 
like feel just this over like piling on the sugar and indulgence on top of each other when I'm just not feeling that great. So, so, I mean, I still had some indulgent things like Saturday, I, you know, we rode our little scooters to get a beer and, um, but you know, I have balance like that morning, I had a really healthy morning, rode our scooters, got a beer and some pizza and some chicken skewers. So that was my night. But again, I didn't have like a ton of sweets. So, you know, as long as I'm not eating, you know, drinking, eating indulgent like fried food and putting the, um, you know, the sugary desserts on top, I'll, I'll be okay. Sunday, we had Chad's Father's Day. So we went over to his dad's house and they had like a whole brunch thing. So I had a bagel and I'm not a cream cheese person. So I had a little bit of like this, I mean, they had like a butter spread. It wasn't real butter, which I like real butter over butter spread, but whatever. And they had some eggs and they had some crispy bacon. So I put a bunch of the crispy bacon on my plate and I had a bagel and it was really good. I put like a little piece of the crunchy bacon on each bite of the cheesy bagel that I had. And it was like a, you know, when they put the sprinkle of the cheese on top and it's like dried and baked on top. So it's not like super cheesy. It's just like the crust of cheese on the bagel. Mm, so good. And so his dad has this dog that's, I like the dog. Well, okay. The dog, it, I love dogs. Like I'm obsessed with dogs. I love all dogs, but I don't like dogs that bite. And this little bitch of a dog is like, he, he, he nips you. He'll like, I don't know why, if he doesn't know you or trust you, he just like, he doesn't break the skin, but he'll like nip at your ankle. And I, and he did that to me the last time I was there. So I was like guarding against his nips and trying to get him away. Anyway, his dad wanted me to like, he, we made friends later. He did nip me, (laughs) even though I was trying to defend myself. He did end up nipping me. I thought he was trying to get my face. I'm like, don't you fucking bite my face. I'm like, but, um, so anyway, we were best friends by the end of the day. But um, his dad was like, oh, you know, that burnt piece of bacon on your plate, g- give it to him. So I'm like, OK, I'll give him this burnt piece of bacon. So and it was a piece that was like super burnt that I didn't want to that I didn't care. I wasn't going to eat anyway. So I gave it to this dog. So the dog loved me even more. But then I had this other piece of I had this one squ- like section of bagel left and this one little piece of bacon that I wanted and his dad's like, oh, and don't forget about this other dog. Give that piece of bacon to the other dog. And I'm like, but I want to eat this bacon. And I, and I, <laughs> he saw me hesitate. He's like, oh, I'll get you more bacon. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'm like, so, you know, I felt like I needed to do what his dad wanted me to do. <laughs> so I gave the bacon to the dog. I didn't get up and take more bacon. And I just ate the plain bagel. But I really wanted that piece of bacon. I did share it with the dog. So anyway, the dog ate my last crispy piece of bacon that I really wanted. It was delicious, though, and I went home that day. We didn't get more stuff to eat that night, so I just kind of scrounged around for whatever we had in the house. And again, typically, like Sunday, I'm like, you know, going out and getting so many things and eating it all before I eat healthy on Monday, and this time I didn't do that. I just kind of ate what I had in the house and just wanted to go into Monday like feeling good, having a lighter week. And that's what I did. So, so I did just get back from grocery shopping and I was, and I still like, I'm feeling a lot better. I had a very lean week, lots of soups, 
uh, eggs, um, you know, a little bit of left that re- leftover rotisserie chicken. So, you know, I've been eating high protein, lower carbs, lower calories this week, you know, soup at the end of the night, some nuts, not just really like whole foods, light foods. And then I just went grocery shopping and I'm like, okay, Veronica, like, are you, are you going to buy sweets or not? And so I, I didn't, I didn't even get the the organic gummy bears that I typically get. What I did get was a lot of fruit. So, because I, I do have a sweet tooth. So, and I'm fine with, with like fruit. So I got strawberries, I got peaches and nectarines and all kinds of really like, you know, whole fruits. And so that'll be my, you know, this weekend I'll be you know, I did get some indulgent stuff too. I got some, some of the pizzas that I like and, you know, I'm not doing completely whole foods. Like I do want to have, I've been craving these bagel sandwiches that I make. So I take a protein bagel and I put some hummus on it and I chop up uh, red, red bell peppers, cucumbers, black olives, and, um, and then put those vegetables on the sandwich. And it's, so, so good. So I think I'm going to have that this week with fruit, my healthy protein shakes. I have some soup left. I got um, some gluten-free, like high protein pasta. So I'm, so I'm, I'm staying away again from processed sugar this weekend. I'm just going to have my healthy fruits. I got some Greek yogurt. So I want to have a really good, healthy, balanced weekend. I just go into next week feeling really good. So that is the culmination of my tasty treats of the week. So before I get into my podcast review, I wanted to talk about a concept that I think I'm coining this term. I don't know if I I haven't heard it anywhere before, but so I'd like to say that I'm creating this term right here and right now, but I... I believe in something called intuitive weight management. So I, I've created this term for what I believe I do. And it's, it's, it's definitely a little bit different than intuitive eating, right? And, and I did all those podcast episodes, if you listen back, on, on intuitive eating. I really wanted to know exactly what intuitive eating was. Because I always felt like I'm kind of an intuitive eater, but I also do watch my weight. And you're not supposed to, in true intuitive eating, it's not supposed to be about weight loss. You're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to think about weight loss or want to lose weight at all on intuitive eating. You're also not supposed to care about body size or anything like that. But I do. I mean, that's just, that is, that is, I, I do have that in me. And I think there's, other people out there that feel like, hey, I want to eat what I want to eat and and intuitively eat for like what I what I want and what feels good to my body and not have any restrictions. But also, I don't want to keep gaining weight. Like there there is a point where I think people are like, eh, I'd like to lose some weight or I'd like to lose some fat or lean out a little bit. And I I totally think it's okay to have specific goals. And so what I've what I've thought of is that there needs to be this new concept called intuitive weight management, where you're eating intuitively, you're eating the delicious foods you want to eat, you are eating things that feel good to your body and and moving your body in ways that feel feels good. But also, you know, because we live in this culture where 
you know, fast food is everywhere and Postmates is everywhere. I mean, I was just listening to this episode of Sophia with an F where Tana, this girl Tana Mongo was on. She's like this 24-year-old girl who's like this crazy girl. And she just talked about how she just eats fast food all the time. She Postmates everything and she just gets Taco Bell. And she's like talking about she she likes just shit food. And again, a lot of us, like there's, I think most of us like some level of fast food. I think there's people in our society that have grown up with more of it, right? Like if your parents fed you a lot of fast food as a child, you're more likely to keep eating that as an adult. Whereas if you had you know, well-balanced meals, you know, vegetable, protein, and starch. That's kind of how you feel like you need to keep eating as you grow up. And so, so I think that, and, and again, like we're in this world where there's so, like we have easy access and, and there's companies making like chemically changing foods and, and designing foods so that they are addictive, right? So that our bodies crave them. Uh, the chemical structure of these foods is addictive, right? So so if you're someone that craves those foods and, you know, sometimes you have to like, if you, if you don't want to conti- like gain weight continually every year and you want to live your healthiest life, sometimes you have to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to choose that thing I might be craving right now. I'm going to make this healthier choice. And that is slightly off of intuitive eating, right? Like you you want, you kind of like you're craving this, like you're craving that donut, but you choose the strawberry instead because you are conscious of not wanting to maybe gain a lot of weight or, and, and I, and it can be looked at in two ways, right? You could say, oh, I just feel better when I'm eating this. I feel less bloated. I feel, and that's more the intuitive side, but you know, if, if I'm being very honest, at least, it's it's also because I don't want to gain weight, right? And I, I don't want my stomach to be extended or whatever, right? So there there is that in there. And and so I just think that I think there's 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 that balance of wanting to intuitively eat and, and get away from this idea of having to be on a diet every now and then, which is torturous, right? I was just talking to, to my boyfriend's sister about it. She she was like, when I saw her at Father's Day, she was not happy with her body. She she was like, I, I need to lose weight. She's like, but if I go on a diet, she's like, I end up craving things. I end up going off track and eating even more. So I understand like not being in that specific mentality where you're like, I just can't have these things because it, it does. It has kind of sometimes it has that opposite effect on some people. So you do have to know yourself and you have to know what's going to work for you. But I think if you can do it in a way where you have that balance of, yes, I want to eat intuitively and I don't want to have a ton of food rules. But everybody, for people that live, are, are very conscious about living the healthiest life possible, they do have boundaries. They have um, they have like healthy habits. They have good habits that they've put in place. And until you build those good habits, sometimes you have to force yourself against 
what you intuitively might want to do. So I, I just think that that's where the the weight management part comes in, like intuitive weight management. Like, like yeah, I'd rather eat those French fries, but instead I'm going to go for the baked potato because, you know, I would just, I want to feel better and I also want to manage my weight. So that's kind of where I feel the the intersection of weight loss and intuitive eating can come into play. And I'm sure there's people that would say, I'm based in diet culture and I'm, you know, perpetuating these ideas. But again, I, I think that there has to be a place for specific health goals, for fitness goals, for fat loss goals, and, and all of those things. I think there just has to be that place for that. So that's where I'm coining this term intuitive weight management. And I do believe that this episode I'm about to review kind of plays into these ideas. So so now let's get into this idea this this podcast review of Weight Wednesday from Jenny Hutt and discuss how this intermixes with this intuitive weight management idea. All right. So the Jenny Hutt podcast review was uh her June 6th episode. And she Jenny had on a guest by the name of Ashley, Ashley Zephyro on Instagram. She is at Ashley Tracks Points. I'm following her. She's a great follow. Uh, and so Jenny's someone, if we remember back, where Jenny has lost over 70 pounds. And she's someone who works really hard to maintain that weight loss because she feels like when she gains weight, it truly deeply affects her mental health. And she's adamant and and very passionate about sharing the the way she does that. She's all about her 10,000 steps a day. She's all about posting, you know, what I eat in a day to maintain my 70 pound weight loss. And because she talks about these things really openly, she gets a lot of backlash. And, you know, it's the anti-diet culture movement that's like, that is disordered eating. Why are you eating that? You should eat more protein, blah, like, and they, and they just tear her apart. So she's hyper defensive. And she likes to have guests on her on her podcast that kind of like back her up or believe in the same kind of concepts she does about the importance of maintaining a weight loss. And so so I, I like that Jenny's, you know, unapologetic about about this. And she's and she's a generation above me, you know, and again, like as you get into these older generations like I'm in my 40s she's in her 50s I actually just listened to this podcast which I'll probably review this woman in her 80s that was like going off on you know people's weight these days and how she's always on a diet in her 80s anyway I'll talk about that on an on another episode but um but anyway so I just again I think I think us older generations and and, and above me we are we're more ingrained with this idea of of we should keep we should be thin right we should or at least like keep our weight down and and again i i believe in the body acceptance movement but i also know that there's a lot of societal reasons why women especially white women right want to maintain and and keep a leaner body mass. And we heard about it in the economics of thinness because it literally affects how we're treated and how we're paid. So, you know, all this plays into why 
I'm sure, why I want to also maintain my weight. Um, It's for my comfort level, and I'm sure societal expectations absolutely play a part in it. Um, So... So anyway, so so Jenny had this woman Ashley on and she Jenny was excited to talk to another, you know, in parentheses, quote unquote, dieter who works to maintain her weight loss. She's like, and especially Ashley, I love that you're not afraid to talk about it. This was what Jenny was saying. And so uh, she's like a lot, she's like, I have a lot of dietitians and doctors that talk about why, you know, watching our weight is important. She's like, but I don't ever get to talk to regular people who are just, you know, living this lifestyle to be healthier for themselves and, you know, trying to maintain a weight loss. And Jenny was saying that she shares her journey and she's like, so many people are constantly telling me what I should and shouldn't eat, you know, that I have disordered eating, that I should do this, that I should do that. And Ashley was like, it's crazy how much people comment. And she's like, and I used to think that I had to really, to eat really boring, plain foods in order to keep my weight down. And it's just not true. And Jenny's like, yeah, she's like, I've seen what you eat. She's like, and it's very sensible. And and Ashley's like, yeah, she's like, I've learned that I can eat cake when I want it, just not for breakfast and lunch every single day. <laughs> she's like, and it's fine to say no to indulgence at times and yes at other times. And and so, again, like as I as I go through this podcast episode, like there's going to be times I bring up this idea of intuitive weight management because I do feel that that's exactly what Ashley and Jenny do, right? It's about, okay, like indulging when you want to indulge, but sometimes you have to kind of go back into that weight loss mode. And and that's what actually, um, when I did that that episode on Tanya Zucker brought and how and how she was talking about maintenance and when Aileen was interviewing her and she was saying well how many carbs do you, how many grams of carbs do you get in maintenance and and Tanya was struggling a little bit to mention that because she's like well some days you might eat 100 but some days you might eat 30 and she, what what I gathered from Tanya saying that is like yeah some days you're going to eat whatever the hell you want you're going to be in Italy you're going to be eating pasta and bread and this and that and then you know, the next week you might want to be a little bit leaner and go back into that weight loss stage and cut back on your carbs or whatever, you know, sugar intake and, and that kind of thing to so that you have that balance, right? And so that's what Ashley talks about a lot through this podcast. So let me keep going. So, so yeah, so Jenny was like, yeah, it's all about making choices according to your own goals. She's like, I came to the Zoom today with cottage cheese, a little bit of mozzarella, some raw, raw bell pepper, because I ate a lot yesterday. And today I'm making wiser choices. Side note, that's one another thing that I love about Jenny is she talks specifics about what she eats. I just, I love hearing about what people eat. Hello, diet obsessed. Uh, and so Ashley was like, yeah, she's like, it's a balancing act. She's like, the way I ended up over 100 pounds overweight, she's like, was I was eating indulgently seven days a week. She's like, you know, if I had if I had cake in a day, I'd top it off with McDonald's because I was like, oh, well, I messed up here. I might as well keep going. She's like, now if I have a piece of cake at a birthday party, you know, I'll balance it out with a nutritious meal, you know, well-balanced meal or non, non-fat Greek yogurt. And Jenny's like, you know, 
Although I will say, she's like, if you get an Egg McMuffin with no meat, she's like, it's only about 300 calories, which isn't that bad. And she's just basically just talking about other options at McDonald's. And because she was saying that she had watched Ashley go into this like McDonald's um, or post about going to McDonald's the other day. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I had uh, scrambled eggs from McDonald's the other day. And I also had hash browns and some apples. And that was fine for me. She's like, but a lot of people on social media made comments about the fact that the eggs are cooked in butter. And she's like, you know, people were like, how can you eat that? Those are cooked in butter. And and she's like, but who cares? She's like, this works for me. And And Jenny was like, One of your low calorie orders the other day really inspired me. She's like, I love seeing what you choose when you're in a pinch and kind of rushing around. You don't have a lot of time. She's like, I love seeing the foods that you're eating. She's like, it's really helpful. And she's like, but I would like to go back to the beginning of your weight loss journey, of your weight journey. She's like, how did you get to the point where you ended up gaining you know, that much weight. She's like, because some of us, you know, we've been up and down our whole lives. You know, others of us have gone through a really traumatic event that made us gain a lot of weight. So I'd love to hear your story. And and so Ashley was like, well, it's kind of a little bit of all that. She's like, I struggled with my weight my entire life. She was like, I was always either very, very thin and getting thin in a very unhealthy way or I was extremely overweight, like over 100 pounds overweight. And she's like, in high school, I was considered the bigger friend. And after high school, I started extreme dieting. And I did get really thin, but I also lost my hair. My nails were really brittle. She was like, I was barely eating enough to survive at that point. And then I would end up doing the exact opposite and eat everything in sight. She's like, I've tried everything you can make. She's like, I, she, you could, she's like, I tried everything. She's like, I tried a trainer. She's like, then I got married. And she's like, I did lose a bunch of weight because I was really motivated to, you know, lose weight for the wedding. She's like, but then I got pregnant and gained weight from the pregnancy. She's like, but then my dad was diagnosed with cancer and ended up dying. And she's like, that's really when I hit rock bottom. And, and until I rejoined Weight Watchers in 2018, I put on so much weight. She was like, I was pre-diabetic. I was out of breath. And I was just at my lowest. You know, I was taking care of myself last and putting everybody before me. And she's like, I really kind of let the trauma of being a new mom and the loss of my dad just take over. And I just allowed myself to just not take care of myself. Uh, and she's like, then I searched for ways to figure it out. She's like, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a three-day cleanse or maybe I'll try keto or Nutrisystem. And, you know, of course, none of those extreme things were sustainable. Uh, then I got pregnant again. And I knew I had to do something when my daughter wanted to go play at the park one day. And I was so out of breath. And I was like, wow, I can't chase my two kids around the park, around the park. And she's like, I realized I needed to do something, but I didn't want to do something that was so structured because I I couldn't, I realized I couldn't have all these crazy food rules. It just wasn't going to work for me. You know, I couldn't do any more of that extreme crash dieting. She's like, so that's why I thought Weight Watchers would be the best. And, you know, in the past, I would try to do Weight Watchers like really, really restrictive and be like, oh, I'm going to lose 
all the weight possible. So I would just eat like plain chicken breast and, and be super restrictive, but that didn't work. She's like, so I learned this time to do it smarter. She's like, before I go out, I'll eat my free foods, like my zero point foods to keep me full. So, you know, before I'm about to go out to eat, I'll, I might eat, you know, some chicken breast and or some cottage cheese, maybe some veggies. And all of those are zero points on Weight Watchers. And then what I'll eat when I'm out is I'll eat a piece of cake. I'll have the wine then. You know, that's when I'll, you know, allow myself to have that indulgence and things that, that count for points because then I can socialize. I can do what everyone else is doing and not restrict myself when I really want things. But I'm, I'm much more in control because I'm eating really nutrient-dense, you know, whole foods before I go out that are zero points. And, you know, so really what this has taught me is balance instead of restriction. And that mentality has been totally life-changing for me. And just a side note away from this podcast, I really like the way that she put that. Like I talk all the time about balance and about, you know, how like that Saturday, right? I, I had the healthy protein shake, really lean in the morning. Then I went and had some pizza, a beer, and some some fried chicken. And it's like, okay, that just having that healthy start to the day allowed me to, you know, have indulgence later, but not gain a ton of weight from it. And that's, that's what I always preach that I believe is intuitive weight management. And so, so Jenny was like, take me back to being that bigger friend, because I totally relate to that. And Ashley was like, it does, it does something to you lifelong for sure, you know, when, when you're kind of traumatized in high school like that. And she's like, I'm surrounded by people I, I, where I don't have, like, I'm surrounded, she said, I'm surrounded by people who don't have to try. You know, my sister, my husband, my, my sister-in-law, my husband. And Jenny's like, do you think that's really true, though? Like, even with the women that they don't have to try? And and Ashley was like, yeah, at least with my sister-in-law, because she's like, I used to work around her and they just like go eat their food and they don't talk about it, which is so foreign to me. She's like, I was always the one that who had to watch what I ate. I was always the one hiding myself in sweatshirts while everyone was in bikinis. You know, I, I definitely took a toll when I was 16 or 17 years old because, but, but I do wish I could go back in time and be like, you're fine, girl you know, and just kind of alleviate some of that stress I dealt with when I was a teenager. She's like, right after high school, I ended up going on an extreme diet and lost a ton of weight and got so many compliments. She's like, everyone thought I looked great. But what I had to do to get there, she's like, I had stopped going to all social events. She's like, I wouldn't go out to eat with my friends. And when I did, I would just order a salad and bring my own dressing. So I was very much on a hamster wheel for like 10 years. And just to pause on this, I want to go back to the beginning of that last um, discussion when Jenny was like, do you think that's really true? Like even for the women where Jenny's kind of doubting. She's like, I think what Jenny, where Jenny's coming from is she's like, it doesn't seem like people are trying, but do you think that you're not perceiving it correctly? Because remember, do you, do you guys remember when I talked about my friend Melissa, who's so tiny? She's like teeny, teeny, tiny. And she doesn't, she's not like crazy about work. She doesn't really work out that much. She might, she might work out occasionally, but she's just, and she never talks about weight. She never talks about food. She's not, she doesn't really even seem to be into food that much. She's just, she's just, she just 
eats and lives and <laughs> just not really focused on it on that stuff. And when I lived with her for a little while, I was like, what does she do? And I would watch her and she would just make really healthy choices. Like when she'd eat, she'd go out, she'd get vegetables and chicken and she she just chose these light things and didn't make it. It wasn't a big deal to her. It wasn't like she's like, you know, deciding like, oh, I'm not going to eat the pasta. I'm going to eat the salad. You know, it wasn't like this torturous decision for her. It was just like what she did. My belief is that this is this is what I'm projecting on this discussion that they just had. I believe that like my friend Melissa, for example, I think she was just raised that way. I think she was just raised with a mom and dad that ate that way. And she just has those habits and it's not a big deal for her. She just that's what she does. And she likes that food. And that's just how she was raised. So she does that. And it's not a big deal for her. And she's she's tiny. Uh, but, you know, she doesn't she's not she hasn't been raised to go get fast food and to and she doesn't have that inclination to do that. So and 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 I think other people like. Well, I think Melissa would go out on walks and stuff. And so I think, again, there's just people that were raised with healthier habits. Like maybe this girl that she's talking about, the sister-in-law, is like Melissa, right? Where she doesn't like binge on things. She just eats, you know, healthy portions. And maybe she gets movement in that she doesn't really talk about a lot because it's not like torture for her where she has to do it. She just does it, right? And so I, I think there's this... People that have been ingrained with diet culture from childhood, look at other people that weren't, that were raised with just healthy eating habits and normalized eating habits. I think you tend to like study those people and be like, well, how how is she not obsessed? How is she not like tortured over this? How is she not making a big deal about what she's eating? And it really just has to do with, I think, how we grew up and what our parents talked about and what was put in front of us. And 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 there are people that eat like shit and, and are able to maintain like thin bodies like I, I do that 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 happens. But I also think and I saw this in the weight loss industry. Like that girl, Tana Mongo. OK, that that 24 year old that just eats Taco Bell and eats just literal shit. Okay. That's like all she eats is this, like I was hearing what she eats. I mean, it's the most processed, all the fast food. And I like fast food every once in a while, but this is like three times a day. This girl is probably, unless she gets to a point where she wants to live a healthier life and eat whole foods, I guarantee she's someone that will probably become very, very overweight at some point. Uh, And I just think that um, you know, that like, cause that, that's what I saw in the weight loss industry, right? Like you'd see these people that used to be teeny tiny. I'd hear this story over and over and over again that, oh, I could eat anything when I was a kid. And then, and all of a sudden, like I put on a hundred pounds and I don't even know where it came from. And that's because maybe as a kid, you were running around, you were playing sports, you were doing all these things, where you were just active and moving around and burning more calories. And now as an adult, you're more sedentary and you're still eating the same way, but you're now putting weight on because you're not moving as much. I mean, that happened to Chad, my boyfriend. He played football. He he ended up 
you know, he played football in high school for a little while. And then when he stopped playing football, he would still eat. He'd go home and eat an entire pizza, large pizza by himself. Well, then he ended up gaining like 40 pounds in less than a year, 50 pounds in less than a year and got put on FenFen. <laughs> so again, this this is a very, very common story that you hear. And I do think that there's just some people that were just raised with very, very healthy habits. I mean, I think, and again, I'm not a parent, so, but if I were a parent, my goal would be to feed my child whole foods to, you know, of course, kids are going to want chicken nuggets, but kids shouldn't only eat chicken nuggets, right? Like you see kids that love vegetables, love peppers, love, you know, carrots and love all these things. And it's because their parents gave them that as children. And I, I just think that that's how, you know, and again, I'm not here to tell any parents how to raise kids because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But I just think that, you know, if you want to raise your kids to be the healthiest and, and you know, to eat nutritionally, you need to teach those habits as a young child. Anyway, let me get back to the podcast review. So so Jenny was then saying that, um, anyway, so let's see. Oh, so they were talking about... She was talking about how her her sister-in-law had had never had to worry about it, but she was on this hamster wheel of losing and gaining. And Jenny was like, did you feel good about yourself? And And this was when she was asking this about her. So again, sorry. Ashley, the last thing that Ashley had said that after she got out of high school, after being the bigger friend, was that she went on this really, really extreme diet and would, you know, only go out to eat, stop socializing, only went out to eat with her friends and would just order the salad with her own dressing. And Jenny's like, did you feel good about yourself at that point when you were losing the weight? And Ashley was like, I felt good about myself because, but only really because I liked the compliments and I liked how I looked, you know, as a thinner person, but I was completely malnourished. She's like, I was, I was very weak. She's like, I was so tired that my grandmother thought I looked sickly. She's like, then I went, of course, the exact opposite way and I did extreme eating and I was just really never able to find moderation. And Jenny's like, that's the tough part. She's like, because we can never be really black and white with food in our body. She's like, and expect it to be sustainable. She's like, I mean, we have to live to stay alive. It's not like heroin where we just like stop taking it and could just cut it off cold turkey with food. We have to eat. Um, And Ashley's like, exactly. She's like, and we do need to go to social events. It's going to happen. She's like, stress is going to be there on a regular basis. Holidays are going to come and go. She's like, so I really needed to get out of the headspace that I had to stop waiting for this like perfect time to start living a healthier life. And she's like, because it was never going to come. And she's like, and then, you know, her dad's cancer. She's like, you know, five months, lost 80 pounds. She's, oh, so so then they started just talking about... Um, you know, their dads being sick. Like Jenny had some traumatizing stuff to talk about. And, you know, Ashley was talking about how stressful that time was. And she's like, you know, and and the, the big thing that she really struggled with during this heavily emotional time was that normally she she eats for comfort. And, you know, she's like, I had the desire to comfort myself with food. 
But at the same time, you know, it's also going to make me feel worse about myself. So it's like, do I want to comfort myself or do I want to, you know, feel good about myself for the choices that I'm making? And Jenny was just relating. She's like, when my mother had cancer, she's like, it was the first time I had really experienced this kind of grief. And she's like, you know, I would drive by the places we would eat and reminisce. And and Ashley was like, I was so stressed over my dad. She's like, I really just stopped trying. And she's like, I stopped caring about myself. And she's like, and then I blinked and I was just at the highest weight I had ever been. I was the most unhealthy I had ever been. And, you know, it took me four years of being in that state where I was just lost and at rock bottom before, and it was four years after her mom's death that she ended up starting to care again. She's like, and no, actually, I'm sorry. She, it took four years after her dad's death to start caring again, and she had reached her goal. And then her other parent got sick. Then her mom got sick. So, so she'd gone up on that roller coaster Ashley had of losing the weight, gaining all the weight back during her dad's illness, losing it, and then her mom gets sick. And so, so Jenny's like, you know, talk over, they talk over the struggles of their, of their parents. And she's like, you know, numbing out while you're eating. Some people numb out with alcohol and drugs. She's like, but I always numbed out when I, you know, overeating. And that's, that's what I wanted to do when my parents were, were, were really sick. Um, And she's like, you know, I lost my job at the same time. She's like, all these things happened. And Ashley said that everyone has hardship. She's like, everyone, life is hard. She's like, people go through crazy things. She's like, I struggle with anxiety. What I realized I needed to do was just take my health off the back burner and make it a priority. And and Jenny's like, yeah, she's like, sometimes you just need to avoid the chatter about, you know, other people being like, you know, just grieve, you know, give yourself grace, you know, but for those of us who don't want to be grieving and then have all this stuff to deal with, you know, we just don't want to add getting fat to that list. She's like, it just adds, she's like, we have to deal with insurance companies and stress and family and sickness and hospice and all these things. And then if we allow ourselves to just gain all this weight, she's like, that's just going to make it that much worse. She's like, I know I'll get hate for saying this, but you know, if I can avoid that for my own health and I care about maintaining my weight so it doesn't affect my my mental health while I'm going through these stressful times, I should be allowed to talk about it. And, and Ashley's like, I totally agree. She's like, when I finally joined Instagram, she's like, I was getting shamed for posting content about my food intake while my mom was sick. People were like, I can't believe you're talking about points after your mom died. She's like, but that is what my mom would want me to do. She's like, the grace people told me to give myself when my dad died turned into a hundred pound weight gain. She's like, and now I think that, you know, excuses are, you know, grace and excuses are a very fine line. People want to give you, say, give yourself grace, but they're really telling yourself, oh, just give yourself an excuse to gain all this weight when really, you know, you also 
might want to maintain focus in this area so it doesn't compile on 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 another thing and make it that much worse. And Jenny's like, it's about giving yourself grace to take care of yourself. She's like, you know, when my when my mom died, I wasn't ready. She's like, I, I needed to comfort myself with food at that point. But the last 12 years, I have been ready. She's like, so if that's my default, you know, and I've created these good habits that when I, you know, that I, when I, when I do have grief or I do have stress, you know, I'm able to fall back on healthier habits that I've created because I've been so consistent with them. And Ashley said, if I posted about a low point, about a low point, she's talking about Weight Watchers points, a low point nutrient dense meal. She's like, people would comment that, like, that's weird that you're posting about that. She's like, give yourself grace is overused. You know, of course, it's fine to do that occasionally. You know, for example, you know, when my family was sick, you know, occasionally, you know, especially when you're in the hospital, she's like, yeah, you got to eat cafeteria food. She's like, and that's giving yourself grace, or at least for me, that was giving myself grace that, you know, not stressing out about the fact that I have to eat this cafeteria food. Um, She's like, but eventually she's like, is it going to help me to go and eat a sleeve of Oreos to, to be, to feel better? She's like, the feelings aren't going to go away. It'll be temporary when I'm eating them, but after I'll feel even worse. And she's like, that's what I was doing with my dad's death. I was saying to myself, I just don't have to care about anything because my dad just died and I, you know, I didn't have to solve anything. Uh, Jenny's like, there's a real difference between being neurotic about 10,000 steps and at least maintaining and doing something. And Ashley's like, the question is, what's the difference between grace and excuses? She's like, I had a third baby. Life happens. I'm above my goal, but I'm also making good choices for me. And I'm not allowing myself to get back to where I was. I'm, I'm having some balance in my life at this point. And and Jenny's like, yeah, she's like, my, my body is like a puffer fish. When I have stress, my body just holds on to everything. But when you have consistent good habits, it's just easier to fall back on those because you've been diligent in creating them. And Ashley's like, exactly. And when you do go off track, after you've formed good habits, it's nowhere near what you might have done in the past. Then Jenny gave an example um, of like how, like where her cheat days have have been and where they are now. She's like, when I open a package of Pop-Tarts, she's like, I'll take two out. I'll eat half. She's like, but then I put the rest in the freezer. You know, in the past, I would have eaten the entire package, but on a day... Now that I overindulge or eat a lot of salt, yeah, I just drink more water the next day. And Ashley's like, yeah, the all the all or nothing mindset is really what hurts people. And I don't do that anymore. I don't go on a bender and then try to be perfect. It just doesn't exist. Perfection does not exist. And that's really how people get into trouble. She's like, I used to do, you know, I used to eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream and then follow it up with a big, huge McDonald's meal in the past. And she's like, and now it's like, just if you have an indulgent meal, just eat healthy the rest of the day. And that way you don't gain a ton of weight. And Jenny's like, that doesn't work. I've been, well, she's not saying that that doesn't work. I don't know why I made that, that I wrote that down, but she's like, I've been in and out of Weight Watchers with points. She's like, I always fall back to calorie counting or points. That way I don't have to restrict food groups. 
Oh, she's saying it like the perfection doesn't work. She's saying the all or nothing mindset doesn't work. That's what she was saying. Uh, She's like, I've been in and out of of Weight Watchers with points. She's like, like, really, points are the same thing as calorie counting. It's it's really, it's just taught people, you know, what are the higher things that you want to count as points and what are the light whole foods that you don't count as points. I mean, that's the whole Weight Watchers model now is like whole foods don't have any points on them. They're really trying to teach people to eat whole foods. Um, but anyway, the, the whole point of that is she doesn't have to restrict food groups. And and having choices and having options is really how, you know, the best way to maintain control. She's like, take me through. She's like, can you take me through a day of how you maintain your weight now? She's like, I love how you post food on Instagram and show, you know, how you'll choose those lower lower calorie items. And Ashley's like, the way that I've maintained is things have to be quick and easy. She's like, I have three kids, so I'm not making fancy things. She's like, an average day is some kind of high protein breakfast. I might have a protein bar after that, maybe some coffee. She's like, weekends is really where I usually go off track, but I like bringing a cooler of food. She's like, I'll I'll bring a one ca- one point hot dog and bun. She's like, I bring my light dressing. You know, if I'm going to it, we do barbecues all the time. So if I'm going to a barbecue where I know I'm going to want to eat like my aunt's really indulgent potato salad, she's like, I'll bring some of the stuff that's lighter so I can eat that potato salad, love it and enjoy it. Eat my other things that like, I don't care about having a full fat hot dog. Like I'd rather eat, like I like the one point hot dog. So why not eat that with the lighter bun, which is, which is satisfying to me. And then save my points for the indulgence that really matters to me. She's like, I choose where I have light things and where I have indulgent ones. I save points for special things and, you know, that I don't always have on an ongoing basis. And Jenny's like, well, how do you deal with the haters? You know, I don't think it's a bad thing for you to bring things you need or not eat things that other people are eating. And Ashley said that my daughter has a bunch of allergies. So we're, you know, we're always bringing food for her and and no one blinks about that. So I do what's right for me and I just deflect the haters. You know, when I was in a dark, heavy place, I would resent people who were making healthier choices. But I really believe it was because I was unhealthy. You know, if I saw people eating the salad instead of the burger, I'd be like, oh, what's wrong with that girl? Like, oh, like she's just like a dieter. And she would like, you know, she's like, she's like, I was not making good choices. And and it was really, it was a self-defense thing. So, you know, maybe that's what other people are struggling with. The people that make hateful comments to me, maybe they're struggling. And, you know, everything I do now is for myself. If that bothers them, that's a them problem. And, and I love that. And Jenny is like, so so you have a high protein breakfast. Now, do you exercise? And Ashley's like, I never exercise. I've never worked out through this whole journey. She's like, I do get a lot of steps in because I have three kids and I'm always running around after them. But for so long, I had this mentality that working out was to lose weight and to burn calories. So, but I I knew that I didn't need to lose it to do it in order to lose weight. So now that I am really confident that I can lose weight and maintain weight without 
without working out. She's like, now I know that I should do it just for overall health. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I know that it's not for punishment or weight loss that I just need to do it to make my body feel better, but it is a very different mindset than doing it for calorie and, and weight loss burning. And Jenny's like, um, what about when Weight Watchers bought that semaglutide, uh, business, that doctor clinic sequence so that they can offer people drugs like Ozempic? And did you have a meltdown over that? Like, did you hate Weight Watchers for for making that move? And Ashley's like, I didn't. She's like, I don't care. She's like, but there's a lot of people who were super angry about it and wrote me on their Instagram that they were dropping their their Weight Watchers membership. She's like, but I don't judge. She's like, if people need medication, then they should do what's right for them. You know, Weight Watchers really taught me how to eat. And people still need to learn those principles. Learning sustainable habits with medication can be very helpful for long-term success. And Jenny's like, I've seen, you know, well-known people who are yelling at Weight Watchers saying, you're just saying your program doesn't work. But, you know, I don't think that that's what Weight Watchers is saying. She's like, for people who can't do it with food alone, there's this other option that you can use. And... And Ashley's like, exactly. She's like, they're not pushing shots. You know, I want to break the stigma of Weight Watchers. I don't look at it as toxic at all. And and Jenny's like, because this is for your health. She's like, when you go through trauma, she's like, you may decide to make changes in your life to live better. If people make change, if people change their food intake, they're making healthy choices. It's not just about restriction. And Ashley talked about how she had a a video that went viral. And she's like, I got so much hate on social media when I posted this. She's like, I posted about getting a a Jersey Mike sub. And instead of having the five-point cheese on it, I I just had a five-point coffee with it. And people thought that was so toxic to post about, you know, that, that, oh my God, I was cutting back on cheese in order to have a coffee. Like, how dare I? I'm thinking too much about calories and 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 intake and, and trying to stay thin. And she's like, people are completely nuts with this anti-diet culture talk. She's like, well, I bring my own popcorn to the movie theater. She's like, what? she's like, who cares? One woman said I was using too many processed foods when all I was doing was using frozen veggies. <laughs> She's like, lady, these are just frozen vegetables. They're not processed foods. People are stupid. And Jenny's like, yeah, and sometimes you might eat ice cream for dinner. She's like, some days that's all I can tolerate. If I've had a really bad day, sometimes I just eat ice cream for dinner. And it's a better it's better to just replace the dinner than to also eat the big salad. She's like, you have great food ideas and you've been successful. So just keep doing you. So and they they talked a little bit longer after that. So if you're curious about the rest of their content, you can go check out Jenny's website or I'm sorry, podcast. It's really good. Uh, So so anyway, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Like my mom does this and, and my stepfather does this. It's like, you know, my mom loves dessert. But she has really good habits. She moves a lot. She gets a lot of of exercise. She eats high protein, lots of vegetables, really well-balanced foods. And then she eats dessert at night. And then sometimes she eats dessert after dessert after dessert. And she she loves it. 
And so there might be, so after doing that a lot of times, she might say, okay, I'm done eating so many desserts. And she'll she'll go on a, a, a month maybe where she doesn't eat desserts. Like she might eat something like a, a Greek yogurt with some fruit in it or something for, for dessert, but she'll just lighten it up a little bit. And again, that's intuitive weight management, right? That's what I think it is. It's you know, it's being aware of what you're consuming and how that affects your body. And if you're someone that wants to maintain your weight, a certain fat percentage, I think that's a health goal, in my opinion. So, and and again, I just, I come from a place where I do understand why there's been this movement towards anti-diet culture, because too many of us have been restricting ourselves and and torturing ourselves really unnecessarily. And, but I also, again, I also know how quickly you can gain weight if you're eating in a certain way. I can't tell you how many people gained 100 pounds in a year. And then it's just so hard to lose weight once you gain it. It just is. I mean, maybe not with semaglutides, but if you don't, like, I don't want to ever have to take those. (laughs) I just don't. I won't have to spend, I'd rather, like, inject my face with Botox and spend $700 a month on that, right? Well, you don't, you definitely don't need $700 a month on Botox, maybe in a quarter or even two quarters. So, but there's people that are spending $700 a month on semaglutide shots. I would not want to have to spend that to keep my weight down. I'd, there's many other things I'd rather spend that money on. But, but to people that need it, great. It's an option for you. Fantastic. But for people like me, for people like Jenny Hutt, for people like my mom, maybe the people that are listening to this podcast, I don't know. But we want to maintain our weight. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. So I think... That's what intuitive weight management is all about. And feel free to DM me if you've heard this term or there's concepts out there like this, but I'm creating this term based on everything that I've been reading and researching and learning about. I just think it's a it's a good term for like what I'm doing in my life and what I see other people doing that I think are good habits. Anyway, that's the podcast. Thank you all for subscribing. Please leave a review for this podcast. Uh, That just means leaving some stars, leaving a comment. It means everything to us podcasters. It helps so much. Uh, But thank you so much for for being a part of this. Uh, If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. On Facebook, I'm at the Diet Obsessed. Um, I have more good content coming up. And until we meet again... I hope all of you have a very balanced week.